2: what was
0: the market like i went to trader joe's i didn't go in kath went in
2: all right so explain to me what trader joe's in new york city looks like right now
0: so you wait in line outside yeah there's a line around the block and then around the next block of people in masks standing, like, eight feet apart from each other. Yeah. And then they've got a guy at the door that basically, as somebody comes out, they let somebody in. Right. And then you get in the store and it's empty. In classic New York styles, this
2: guy holding a clipboard, wearing a tight black shirt.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want it to be, like, classic. I remember... Way back in the early 90s, I witnessed this like rounding up of junkies on like right in the like right across from like where Max Fish
2: right 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 used to be. Like when Lower East Side was Lower East Side still, yeah, yeah. And
0: um, these guys just literally like they were herding cattle, they came out with sticks and yelled at them and like beat these junkies and they'd get them all in line and then they, you know. They'd stand there in line for like 10 minutes and all of a sudden somebody come running through, grab all their cash. Then another guy would come running through and hand them each a bag. And then the guys with the sticks would come back out and yell at them to like, to break it up and get off the block and not do, the, do their shit on the block. And it's, needed- like, it's like here I am on the Lower East Side watching this other line and I'm thinking, they should have a stick.
2: <laughs> yeah. Or a guy with a clipboard. It always helps. I have one time, and it's it's a funny connection since, uh, you know, Jeff Rosenstock, our interview, lived in Greenpoint, Brooklyn for a long time, many, many years ago when Greenpoint... Still predominantly Polish, I think it's still
0: uh, it's still very it's, Polish. It's still but maybe probably not the as, most authentic yeah. neighborhood, le- like in New York. Yes, as far as in it's New history. York, yeah,
2: thousand percent, yeah. And I went out. It's one of the. There's been a couple nights in my life I've been convinced to go out dancing, like dance club style. This is one of the nights. In order to do that, I got to be pretty lit up, you know. <laughs> so, so I'm doing this, and I get taken from place to place, and one of the last places I go. I see just kind of a bald, burly-looking Polish guy with a silk shirt, button kind of low, and stuff like that. And I just walked up to him, handed him my license, and he goes, Duh. I am not the bouncer.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah. I love it. I know. He was
2: cool about it. He was cool. But... Yeah, so did it's you ever nice that- dancing though? I did. I went in. <laughs> I, I could I could cut a little rug. It's not about that. It's it's more the scene. I've never been able to like I just I just can't like take myself seriously when I'm in those environments. Right. Uh and yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time just like letting go and being publicly foolish. So so I don't do well in the, in that environment. You know, I'm I do much better like if you want me like windmilling to converge or something that's that's a much more comfortable environment <laughs> right. for me that's um case. yeah, 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 so so we had this the beginning of our at home
0: yeah this series is, this here is gonna be the first one in our in our covid covid and, 19. <laughs> Oh, that's is is a nice jingle, by, yeah, that's a nice jingle should we, should we do a little a little uh <laughs> yeah let's let's get a, it off.
2: Let's get a jingle going. COVID-19. So we had Jeff on first, who, who we got in from now Los Angeles, where mm-hmm. he's living. That was great. You know what's great about Jeff? One of the funniest things, I was thinking about this interview, and the thing I love about Jeff is, you know, I've, I've been asking this question to everyone we're talking to, which is like, you know, what is the thing that you've been doing or telling yourself to like convince yourself to be positive and have hope and all those things, and in classic Jeff fashion, he's like, uh, <laughs> "I don't have anything, dude. <laughs> nothing, nothing." You Beautiful know, and, but the <laughs> thing I love about that is like, I mean, Jeff is just like so honest, <laughs> and and you know, even a statement like that, like to me, is Jeff's music because you know. You would think, you'd be like, oh, that's not a very like hopeful person and I can't like attach myself to that. But quite the opposite, Jeff is so raw about like his own fear, his own anger, his own emotions towards situations. And he writes it so cleverly into his music that like, I think, uh, people relate. Right to how he's feeling and the way he's able to present it and how honest he is with it. So I thought that one answer to the question right there was like just super Jeff and uh, kind of the reason why like his music is unique and special. You know, right?
0: It's honest, man.
2: Yeah, he you is. Can tell, you
0: can tell when they're posing.
2: I yeah, that's a fact. If That guy's not doing anything. He's certainly not fronting. That's a fact. <laughs> I could say that for sure. And I feel bad about his fantasy team. Him and Christine, his wife, literally, I mean, he's not lying. They were dominating this league, like, all through the season. Uh, and Jeff is really competitive about this and takes it seriously. So I don't think he's he's overblowing how, like, his first reaction to the NBA shutting off must have been, fuck my fantasy team. So I <laughs> feel for him there, man. I hope
0: he gets him next year. So what do you think? We should, we should, we should roll into this? Thrill into our first COVID uh COVID podcast going off track. The at home series. It's going off track.
2: Yeah. yeah. Right. Now I now I hear Richard Dreyfus loud <laughs> and
0: clear. Oh, okay. It hey, just
2: You know what's funny? The minute I hear your voice, I like a unique comfort, uh-huh. just like like, yeah. goes over my body. And it's not necessarily because you're, like, the most comforting human ever. I don't ever, think I am. But, <laughs> but I know I'm about to have a good time. So there's something about that that's just, like, makes me just ready to go. I hear your voice, and I'm like, you know what? A good time I is feel
1: I feel the same about you, Benny. It's nice to hear your voice. I haven't heard you in a long time. Yeah. Uh, I know. We, we haven't too much, spoken in always... a long time. That's, that is to say. I've, I've heard yeah. some pods. Well, you're always
2: green, so I always lose your text
1: too. Oh, what? Because <laughs> you're an Android? You yeah, fucking and like- iPhone people have this, like, you can, so you can like a text and you can like like, basically, you could do all this stuff to a text to just not respond to it. Um, but, but still respond to it. And it comes through an Android phone as it just says, Benny Horowitz liked, uh, Hey, Benny, how are you doing today? Are you doing good? And it just repeats my whole text at me. Uh, and it's like, man, I get it. Class war, class war yeah. amongst the platforms. So this
2: is, this is where, so I'm coming from a different place with this. Okay. I've been treating texts like emails for a really long yeah. time. And I've been yelled at forever because yeah. of it. Someone's like, hey, I texted you. And I'm like, yeah. When I have a chance to actually sit down and respond yeah. with proper you know, uh, grammar and things like that, I'll go ahead and do it, even if it's two days sure. later. But you don't so treat, what I, I, I don't
1: believe that you treat all texts like that.
2: Well, I don't anymore. So I used to be like, all right, all my blue texts, I'm going to open the computer and I'm gonna respond with like, oh, right. you know, some some breadth, <laughs> yeah. you know, where I can write where I can write real sentences, a little spell check, you know. But you're green, <laughs> so you don't, so you don't even appear on my computer. Your text doesn't even. So I'm exist. just on the I'm just um, on
1: the phone, and I'm in the void of no grammar, yeah. no spelling. So. If you happen to get
2: five or six texts back in my phone, I don't know. You're just not.
1: That's fine. I don't take uh, any offense to that because I am so okay. incredibly bad at, you know, responding to, t- I read them and I'm just like, oh, I got to think of something good to say. And then lo and behold, I never think of anything good to say. And then I, know. And then like, I had to do that to you and gig. Chris last week. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> I had to do that to you and Chris last week. I both texted <laughs> both of you. At the same time, like early morning, to have you guys appear on my podcast, and at like four in the afternoon, I texted both of you, going, "Yeah, cool guys. Oh, thanks oh, for writing yeah, me back. Yeah, yeah." yeah. And
1: we, I think there's, <laughs> there's <laughs> sorry about that. I don't know. I don't <laughs> no, know what okay. this like. It's like a it's uh, it's anxiety, but but why? For fucking what? You know what I mean? Like, why why does it yeah, have to exact not itself sh- in this way? Who gives a shit as a text?
2: That is true. Well, it's because you're leaving yourself in an, in an arena to be judged. Yeah,
1: kind of. Yeah, and you especially know? if you're Which like, always... if you are a person like me and you kind of deal with uh, your social anxiety and that kind of stuff, it, like through trying to make a joke or try and be funny or try to like say a right. thing like that. Uh, man, a yes. text message. It's hard. No, text good. Is no, no. <laughs> <out. laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just go right back to him and so, everybody i up a jerk. And then when they see me, I try yeah. and be nice and Easy. even it out for a second. So this whole thing is hard. Very <laughs> yeah. complicated.
2: Um, so where where are I'm you? Gonna, I'm are in you Los doing? Angeles. Yes,
1: yes, I'm in Highland Park. You're at, you're, um, thankful that we moved uh out of New York uh, yeah, no, uh sure, at, right? at a I mean yeah. like uh I any man Oh, I have so much love for my New York friends and, uh, and just the whole, like, all of Greenpoint where I lived for, like, the last eight or nine years. I just kind of hope, hope everything, you know, stays. <laughs> I don't even, not stays, you know what I mean? I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about, thinking about Brooklyn a lot, but also, uh, I'm a yeah, fucking sure. idiot. I, if I was in New York, I would have, I would have probably, like, been accidentally licking a subway pole and be like, oh hey, shit, you can get it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good I, that I'm out I, of harm's I, way, I think. Yeah, that
2: probably wouldn't <laughs>
1: happen. Exactly.
2: <laughs> no, it's true. Do you think the uh the donut that great donut spot across the street from your apartment? Oh my God. Happened? You know,
1: I don't know. I've been trying to check out Instagram's of places that I I've uh that I liked, um, but I I don't know if Dose has one. Like a lot of the spots that I like didn't really do social media, and isn't that cool? Um,
0: but a lot of yeah.
1: spot, like yeah. it's I don't know, uh, like Brooklyn Standard, which is a deli I went to all the time, doesn't really do social media. I've been meaning to like buy a can of coffee beans from Champion, which is a coffee spot that I liked. Right. Um, yeah. I don't like I don't know. It's this weird like uh I don't know you know. Um, I don't know if Mo's Do's is okay. I'm going to check when we get off this phone call. I know that my pizza place that I liked, Vinny's Pizza, um, has been delivering pizzas to essential workers and stuff. And you could go on Chow Now or their website or whatever, and you can order a pizza, but just say, donate this, and then they're giving like eight pizzas to the UPS guy or whatever, and it's like awesome. sick. So I know they're doing okay, but I don't know about Mo's Do's, man. Shit. Our place is great, though. Yeah. Um, if you're listening so to this, go asking, to Mo's Do's, whether they're open or not. <laughs> Just check. What's the address? Do you remember? Uh, you remember? The uh, I mean, yeah, I know. It was across the street from me. Uh, it's it's on <laughs> Nassau Avenue, in between uh, Eckford and McGinnis, uh, on the south side of the street. Is that helpful?
2: Yeah. And if you want like a real old school New York donut and not one of those, like, hey, we put like bacon and peanut butter and candy crunch and shit like well, that. Well, they on do top that
1: shit too. They do a little bit of everything. They're basically, there's this, there's a storied donut spot in Greenpoint called Peter Pan Donuts, which is rightfully, uh, you know, has earned its reputation. Um, and Moe's is very similar to that place, except no one seems to give a shit, which uh, I yeah. like, which I'm into. Like, all right, let's party. Yeah. Well I I, I like, like it, it too. Everybody um, likes it. It's great. Go to Mo's Do's. Whether they're open or not, whether they have donuts or not, just go there.
2: Great building. <laughs> so so I've been able to pinpoint my flashbulb moment in all of okay. this with with the Rudy Gobert yeah.
0: night.
1: Yes.
2: Like like that that is when you know I sat down at seven seven and change as I normally yep. do. You know, got my boxes loaded up, just seeing what's going on in the NBA, checking the fantasy uh-huh. and and then you know right before the Jazz games about to start suspended, you yeah. know, and then I get the alerts yeah. and then within like 2 days, you know, like NCAA, MLB, you know, yeah. uh, you know, NBA all stopped. And to me, that was like the the turning point yes. moment where it went from like weird to real. Uh, did you have a it was one hundred
1: percent that moment. It was uh so okay. the like the way it all kind of played out. Also, can we just sidebar very quick? I would have fucking yes. won this year in fantasy. I would have fucking won. Oh I would have kicked everybody's fucking ass. It. I'm the commissioner. I've never won. This was my year. <laughs> uh, Christine was in second place, so like the I only know. person who could have taken me out was Christine. We were both like, "That's sick." Our household is fucking on top. Family dominance. and like, I know. and uh, you know, the virus said no. Um, Christine's.
2: Don't think that wasn't in my follow-up <laughs> questions. By okay, the way. well we could dive in, uh, but <laughs> yeah, Christine's
1: yeah. mom was supposed to come out here, um, like March. I don't. I've lost track of what date it is, So let's say March fifteenth. Uh. And uh, these dates are wrong. I'm just going to say that. Uh, (laughs) And we were talking to her the morning that uh, just basically it's like two days before she came out, she was supposed to come out. We were talking to her the morning that the NBA got canceled and she was just like, yeah, uh, I think think I'm going to cancel my flight. And we were like, yeah, you should. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We might be in lockdown. Yes. Uh, and she canceled her flight. We were like, okay, well, that's good. At least we're being safe. At least we're taking the precautions. Probably nothing, but you know, shit sure. hurt. And then that, and then Christine came in and was like, NBA's canceled. I immediately thought only about my fantasy basketball team and not about the ramifications. <laughs> uh, and I turned on that Mavericks game and it was just crazy. Yes. Uh, and then our friends, uh, Roger Harvey and Anika Pyle, um, hey. Yep. we're flying out to LA to start a tour while this was oh, happening. Right. Um, yes. and they landed that night, uh, and they were just like, shit. And we met up with them. And I think the NBA, uh, was the moment NBA getting canceled. Uh, Tommy's yeah. got the coronavirus at the same time. I don't know why right. that seemed to be a big moment for a lot of people. Uh, yeah, La- yeah. All the love in the world for Tom Hanks, but like it's just like, okay, another person got it. People are getting this thing. Yes. Um yes. and yeah, we met up with Anika and Roger at a bar to get some dinner that night, and the bar was like not super packed, obviously. And we said hello and like gave them a hug, and we're like, wait, are we supposed to not? <laughs> Hug?
0: right what are we supposed to yeah. do here
1: and they told and Roger sure. was telling us about how like on their flight like all this fucking news was coming in like they took off and they're like okay it seems like it's it seems like the center will hold basically and we'll be able to do our tour and then when they're up they're just like oh shit and then we were just talking they're like what do we cancel this tour and we we're just like yeah you probably have to cancel this tour they're just like fuck and uh so there was like a 24 hours where i feel really lucky that like I mean, for a lot of reasons, I feel lucky, but in particular, like I got, me and Christine were able to kind of parse all of this with our friends, Roger and Anika. And then, uh, and then we had a dinner that when they stayed over, we had dinner and Chris Farron came over and his wife Cassie came over. Um, and we all just kind of talked about it and we had a very nice night. And then I basically never saw anybody again. So I, I'm, uh, it was crazy, man. Uh, it's it's just it's that's this crazy. Wild. They flew out. I know, right? And then they drove yeah, back. And then they time. just drove. They drove home. They were staying in an airstream trailer. Uh, and it and oh also it's been since this has happened. It's been unseasonably cold and rainy in L.A. for like a month straight. Is that right? Know? Um. Huh. So it's just been raining a lot, and they were just like in this rainy airstream trailer. Uh, like the first night they were here, and yeah. I don't know. Does that answer your question? So that was it was like a lot of like yeah. moments on top of themselves, but also I feel like I am just I'm experiencing those moments regularly. Like uh yes, in conversations yes. with our booking agent about like, okay, well, now this month is off limits. Now this month is off limits, now this month is off limits. Yeah. Um in reading the news, it's like okay, actually, you have to wear a mask outside. Uh I was like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, the thing I found out just before this, uh, a new symptom. Can it, uh, do we want to get into symptoms, or is that too? Sure. Is uh,
2: fair fizzing.
0: Game, is
1: what? What the fuck fizzing. is Fizzing. It's when your body feels like it's fizzing, like it has an electrical <laughs> shock going through it. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah. So
1: that was another... I found that out like right
2: before this. It was just like, Jesus Fizzy. Christ. This is the medical term fizzing. fizzing yeah, I don't know. I never even whatever never came up with. Huh? So I've never heard of. That. I'm, I'm to imagine like I put an Alka Seltzer in a soda. Yeah, or but something. it's the
1: skin of your body. Cool. Yeah, it
2: sounds good, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Huh. Okay. So that night, that night really does seem like, and an interesting twist of fate for me. It actually happened to fall on the same exact date as the day I was in the earthquake in Japan. Uh, in 2011, it was March, March 11th was the day of the earthquake and the typhoon and everything that subsequently happened after and the day of the Rudy Gobert thing. And you know, the day you're talking about was March 11th. My mind completely
1: erased, uh, that that happened on 311 day because I am a true 311 fan and I understand (laughs) they don't want their positive aura to be, uh, tied to the coronavirus.
2: And you do know Cousin Frank, who helped us record most of the Antarctica Vespucci records, All of them. has a beautiful 311 tattoo on I his I did Lego. not know
1: that. That fucking yeah. rules. Makes you love him Yeah. More. I love Cousin Frank.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's a fun guy. Uh, I had no
1: idea you were in the I, earthquake. I was That's crazy that, it was, uh, that it's the anniversary of. Fuck, man.
2: Yeah, and that was a really, like, you know... You know, obviously, it was a flashbulb moment in my life and something I'll never forget. Yeah. But that was a real, like, A-B moment for me. Like, on a personal level, in the way I treat my life and see things, there's kind of a before earthquake and after, yeah. you know? Yeah, I know exactly. Um, I mean,
1: I, a lot of people have been drawing parallels, and I agree, with fucking September 11th, with, like, when, yeah. when, and it's the same feeling now, uh, except right. it's stretched out forever. Uh, yes. <laughs> but yes. like the feeling of the night after just being like, what the, f- what is the, what happens? Like that feeling of uncertainty of like what happens next yes. because nobody knows, you know, and because, and I think, uh, I don't know, whatever. I don't need to get, I don't need to go down that road, but like, uh, get into it. Let's, we well, can get nine. Well, I mean, no, I, it, it's I, honestly, I, it's like- there's not a we need benchmarks. We need examples. There's not days you know? that, go, I, like, there's not much time that goes by that I don't think about the aftermath of September 11th and how it was used to pass so much unconstitutional yes. shit. And that scares me yes. about this moment, you know? And I'd like to see yes. this as, you know, this could go one of two ways. One way is that we can, like, society as a whole will realize that the people who deliver the people who work in a warehouse and deliver your fucking coloring books from Amazon, the person who delivers your Chinese food, uh, the person who has their laundromat open, like these people are actually essential to the fabric of our being and we need to hold them with some respect. Uh, or it just is consolidating power to massive companies, uh, like Amazon, like Facebook, Uh, because we're just using their services nonstop. Like they're, I I haven't checked, but like they're, they're business is good for these people. Business is crazy good for these people. Um, so it's just more consolidation of power. Uh, and it could go that way. And I'd love to think that it would go the first way, but I, because of what history has taught me, I seriously have my doubts. So, you know, I just try not to think about that as much, you know. When those thoughts pop in, I try and go, okay, and just push him.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, there is, you know, that's, it's an interesting part of it. So my, you know, my father was a kid in the middle of the Bronx during the polio scare. Um, and he said it was a very real thing. For two summers, there was like a palpable fear in the neighborhood and, uh, one of my aunt's friends had passed away. One of his friend's brothers had passed away. Like it was something that really hit home. Yeah. And he's like, you know, so obviously I can empathize with the situation of a looming threat around. He's like, the difference is, you know, we didn't live with it 24 hours a day. He's like, yeah. you know, like we knew it was out there. We knew it was going on, but life was kind of kicking around and there wasn't this just like hypervigilant, focus on the one thing and almost like a massive information, which makes it more well, convoluted. And
1: I, I think something interesting that you said is that he knew what was going on. And I think that one of the, the really scary things about this is that I don't feel like I do know what's going on. And I feel like I have a lot yeah, of conflicting right. information. I feel like it changes all the time. Um, sure. And I wonder if that changes. Uh, I wonder if the reason that's changing is because it keeps us watching. You know, and I said something similar when I was on this podcast uh, before the 2016 <laughs> election um, right. that, you know, basically, you know, it's it, it's beneficial to these media companies for Donald Trump to be the president. And they could say all that they want to say, but they're getting more eyes on their ads with Donald Trump on there. Yes. And I remember I, yeah. I was like, I think I sound like a crazy person. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, I was right. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, yeah, I like, it's just like, whether or not that's what's happening, it's hard not to have that in the back of your mind and be like, well, what the fuck is real, man? Like, what is happening? So, yeah. you know, I don't know to try and deal with that. I just go to like, you know, go to the WHO website, go to the CDC website, look at like published. Things from like scientific journals and shit, and not really try and pay attention to any of that noise. I don't have TV right now, thank fucking God. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not watching it. I've already, I'm already done with these fucking people after what they did with Bernie Sanders. So I'm like, all right, I don't. Yeah, I see, I see how you are. Okay.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, that's probably the question. So I know, you know, you're an outspoken Bernie supporter, have been for a long time now. Yeah. Um, like with the recent develops, like, you know, even in the face of the virus and stuff, like, have you decided how you'd like to move forward, like politically, like, or is that what does something that, mean? that you just got to like, like, had you had a decision? Cause you know, I, I like Bernie Sanders as well. And, but it seemed to me from an outsider's perspective that what happened a couple days ago was going to happen for like a long time. Like I sort of expected yeah. it. Um, and I have to assume, like, a rational Bernie Sanders supporter also at least 50% expected it and had a thought of what they would want to do with this after it happened. Like, you know, so so much energy got put into somebody who you can no longer support. Like, where are you going to try to move that energy? I'm I just
1: going to be happy to have that energy back, if I'm being perfectly honest.
2: Okay. I, see. I don't know. You know, just, it, it was like... like-
1: Yeah, you know, I think if you're ramming your head against uh, opposition that is just coming at you unrelentingly, and the opposition I'm talking about is from, let's just let's put a big blanket term on it and say the Democratic Party. Uh, Sure, I I don't think you're like okay. Well, I don't. I mean, me personally, I'm like, all right, I'm fucking. I'm going to take a beat here because that it, it was brutal. You know, the first few yeah. primaries where Bernie was clearly like on the path to win. May, I, saying clearly yes. is is leading i don't mean that but like he he won yeah. that first primary i, I, I don't believe promising. for a fucking second that he did not like oh it is a weird coincidence that uh the person who won only the first primary announced that he won before all the votes count were counted and was part of a company that ran the voting which was called like shadow yeah. corp or something uh, it was like shit, it was yeah. so crazy. It was just like yeah, it's a like comic book. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like, I don't know. I I think. Uh. I don't. Re- I'm not really thinking about that. Where my energy is going to go? I think maybe my energy could go away from Twitter, which would be a positive thing. Um. Yeah. But I think that I don't. I I don't take this as a as a big loss. I take it as a loss that we that he can't debate anymore and bring up points. But like he's. Right. Sure. If this, if if there's any good to take from this, it's just like hopefully uh, he has shifted uh, the Democratic Party's um, perception of what their base is, you know, uh, right, right, and right, right. and yeah. like if they want to win elections, uh, that they're going to need to include people who have radical ideas, such as we shouldn't have concentration camps. And if you have the, if you have COVID-19, you shouldn't have to pay $13,000 to not have it anymore or you die.
2: Whoa, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's getting a little radical over here.
1: <laughs> I'm feeling uncomfortable. You know? uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I'm just kind of hoping that that is what happens. And again, I think that's if the Democratic Party wants to win. And then conspiracy theory me thinks I'm not entirely sure they do want to win.
2: Oh, can you tell me why? Because I don't know about that. No,
1: it's just, well, because they, the reason, the sign I see is that they were super behind Joe Biden, even though Donald Trump was clearly digging up dirt in the face of our constitution against Joe Biden. And they were still like, no, 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 this is the candidate. He can't like form a sentence. They're like, no, 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 this is our candidate. Uh while there yeah, are a lot yeah, yeah. of other options. If you think about Elizabeth Warren, whose policies are more centrist, which is what the Democratic Party sure. says that they are interested in, uh, they didn't give her any fucking FaceTime on TV. They they no, didn't show no. her, you know? Um so that's like the science. And then the benefit is just that, like, you know, I think that uh Terror and fear uh, makes social control easy. And I think that we are yes. uh, currently in a country that likes to exercise social control um, and maybe are taking a little bit more heavy handed now that it seems like a lot of us who are fucking in on the joke and get it, like younger people, the younger generations, as Bernie says, 50 and under, yeah. which... Man, bless Bernie for saying that people who are 50 or younger are the younger generation. (laughs) But, like, you know, we're noticing it. So I think they have to take more drastic measures to keep the power out of the hands of the people. And that's.
2: I could. Am
1: I crazy? Is that shit
2: crazy? (laughs) No, it's not crazy because, I mean, if you really believe in the concept that, you know, there is a ruling class the ruling class has nothing to do with politics they'll just figure out a way to remain the ruling class yes. so i don't think it's crazy i don't know if it's true as far as like the absolute ins and outs yeah, of it yeah i don't know if it's but true is either. it crazy no it it's not fucking crazy it's super rational in the face of the things that we see and are exposed every day—why couldn't that be rational? Yeah, I wish um, it was
1: more irrational. To be honest with you, I wish I was just like crazy me too. I like mean, I think at that's the cloud here, but you know.
2: But that's part of the reason why what's happening right now is a little bit illuminating. You know, when you realize uh, the power in your own life is always yourself and the people close to you, and you're given this illusion from a really early time that you need to. Feed into a government or feed into a religion or feed into a country to be protected throughout life. It's almost like you give up certain aspects of your freedom in order to be protected. Yeah. This is like part of the trade off of a democracy, you know? So when you're giving away those things and realizing that they actually don't care about you and they're not really taking care of you anyway. And that your life could literally be used as like a political agent against somebody else. Yeah. It's fucking illuminating and people should be disturbed.
1: By yeah. That. But um, what, the thing that I just, that unfortunately I keep coming back to is like, what does that illumination do? Where do you, where do you take that? How does that work? Like what, how, what does it fuel for? If not just rage, you know, I think, yeah, I think you said it. It's, it's, it's going to fuel a tipping
2: point. And which way that tipping point goes, I don't know if anybody could predict, but it's certainly not going to reset back to the normal balance we had. That's a
1: fact. Do you think so? Um, It could. It could just people might like, I don't know. You, you ever smoke cigarettes? I did. Okay. You ever quit smoking? Twice. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, you have that first cigarette and you're just like, Okay, I'll just I'm just drunk and I'm just having a cigarette. It's no big deal. And then all of a sudden you're smoking cigarettes again. And I feel like that could apply to the creature comfort (laughs) comfort (laughs) habits uh that we've kind of acquired over time living in American society. And you know, at first you might be like, oh, I don't I don't need to basically live life the way that I did because now I understand how shit works, but then at some point, you know, you get into your routine and you're going into work every day, you're going to office every day, and you're hustling every day, you're just like back in it, you know?
2: I do believe that there's like a physically tangible element to this that's gonna leave change whether we like it or not. Yeah. So, Wrong I mean, fizzing. both you and I are <laughs> in fizzing. Yeah, whatever the fuck that's gonna feel like. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, even for people like us who've literally like, I mean, we've banked the bulk of our careers about uh, basically booking and forming rooms to put as many people as possible in yeah. them and if we're doing a good job, those people are super sweaty and on top of each yeah. other and yelling in each other's faces and jumping on each other and that's when we're like doing good yeah. and and I well, you know I, I never really exactly and and the idea of how far off in society we are right now, from letting a thousand people into a room together without any restrictions, without distancing, it seems a really far time away. Yeah, over.
1: man, it's and,
2: and there's gonna be, and you're already seeing it within the first few weeks, and you're a big part of it because it's something I even wanted to ask about: just being productive at home and playing shows and uh, or whatever we're calling them <laughs> online shows, and and you know, and, and creating. You know, uh, charities for people and certain things to help. Um, You know, it's already like right before our eyes. Just as a matter of um, need, people are recreating it within the first month, and this is going to go for a really long time. Do you think people?
1: I think people will continue to retain interest in in like a live stream. I don't know. I I think
2: it's got to change, and it's going to keep changing in different ways. Um, but I know it's got to remain for the same idea that like people need music. They're going to want new music and it might be a year or two before they're going to be able to get in a room and actually see God, it. God, I hope it's not a year so I think a lot It's of-
1: fucking crazy, man. I like, we just, so I, I personally needed to take a year off from touring, uh, because I right. was just, I was not mentally healthy. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, And, uh, like, this is the time we're like, all right, man, let's go. And I was like, I'm so stoked to get back out there. And now, you know, I don't even know when that's going to be. And I'm just like, it's such a fucking weird, it's weird and sad. Like, cause I think at times like this, people need that connection. People need to get in a room with other people and, you know, know that there's love around them essentially, you know? yeah, um, yeah sure. and it's, I mean, it's, it's not it's, really it's and it's very palpable in that way in a way that it isn't in a lot of other settings, you know um, yeah, the only sure. thing I could think of uh, and I, I joke all the time how much more popular sports is than music because uh, how many people <laughs> right. people go to those games and stuff. Yeah, like the, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, always like sure. a competitive negativity there in there and music isn't really like that. It's just like everybody in that room is like stoked to be a part of a thing. And you could kind of, and you could see people talking in like these live streams and like the chat rooms and stuff, and that's fun and that's cool. But, uh, man, I'm I'm craving that feeling, and I'm just I, I, I wonder when the fuck you'll be able to get that back, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean we're communal animals, like it definitely needs to come back at some point. It's amazing. I mean, it's something I never realized I ever had to take for granted, or realized I had to appreciate was the fact that I'm in a a live setting with this many people. It never even crossed my mind that that's dangerous. How many times I, you know, did you
1: feel like with, uh, with Gaslight that it was just like a switch flipped and all of a sudden it was like, Oh shit, we're big. Or did it feel like, because you did, you were playing to a lot of people, you know? Like, I'm wondering if that's, if that is maybe led to like that it didn't even register in the same way that it does now, you know?
2: Maybe not. I mean for me like I was shocked like every step of the way. You yeah, know what I mean? Totally. So like 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 the first time that we were going places and like 25 people were there and like 10 knew the record. Yeah. I was like holy shit yeah. because that was a benchmark I had never reached at that point. It's a great feeling then,
1: when you're in a band and that happens and basically I like the thought I had when it was like oh shit there's like 20 to 40 people at these shows it was like, I can do this.
2: Yeah, yeah. I had a really obvious one because I had been in so many bands for so long that I've played new music for like hundreds of people and sat there gauging their reactions. You know what that's, I mean? And like, that's
1: sat, crazy.
2: I couldn't, I would, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I sat there just watching in this and like, and for years and years I could tell like, there's a little bit of a re- like I knew people were helping me out because they wanted to help me out but didn't really love what I was doing. Yeah. They just oh. liked me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, like, I never like, had
1: anybody like, who likes me that wanted to see my band really early on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, and then, I like you, but your band's
2: annoying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the first time like Gaslight did a demo and I'm playing it for people and I'm seeing like a different reaction, you know, where I'm like, Oh, you actually like this. Yeah. You're not just going to give me a pity show right now. Like, I can actually, like, you know, do something for you. Did so, you call
1: anybody on I, it? Like, but I thought you liked all of it.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just, you know, dude, when you're fighting, you know, to get, like, two T-shirts sold, to, you know, get some Taco Bell or something, like, you know the deal. You're just, you're just. And now like, your Taco Bell's free. Yo, give me that bucks. <laughs> but, yo, know, that was the last time I almost did take out. Taco
1: Bell. She so keeps talking yeah. about, like, you should get Taco Bell. You should get Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> That's funny she said that because those were the two I had on this trip. So I went <laughs>
0: out to get,
2: one day I went out to get, like, some, some uh, you know, painting supplies. I'm doing some work in the house I'm in and, you know, some booze at the booze store. Some Like, I did the big, yeah. you know, let's get everything at once yeah. day. And I didn't want to leave the car if I didn't have to. I wasn't trying to eat random food, I was scared. Yeah. But I was really hungry, and I drove past the Taco yeah. Bell, pulled into the lot. I'm like, it's hot food. Yeah. I'm like, it's a, I'm like, it's a corporation. They have a lot to lose. And then I'm like, no, no. I can't do it. I can't get this for Taco Bell. I can't do it for Taco Bell. And I drove out. And then I ran, like, two more errands and wound up at the drive-thru of a Dunkin' Donuts about to get a Beyond sausage sandwich on the same logic and literally – pulled out of the drive-thru <laughs> like the dickens like no i can't do this if i'm gonna do I this i'm gonna like, do it
1: for taco bell
2: <laughs> yeah i'm like i can't go out like no willy lump lump here that's no good um but so no 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 i need what? to know what your order was <laughs> no i didn't do I'm it do either oh, for, no no what i'm saying is wow. that these were my temptations wow. just like christine yeah. where i was like i was like this is what i'm gonna do but i i held out i I can't do it. We, uh, I've been trying to, trying to cook at home. If I get it from some weird fluke reason, okay. I tried my best. But if I get it from a Taco Bell drive-thru, I just can't live with myself. Yeah, it,
1: that's like Darwin Awards shit, huh?
2: But uh, to let you know, I would have gotten uh, yeah, what? two Cheesy Gordita Crunch Ooh, okay. with
1: beans replacing Can beef. Can I ask you something? Have no, you huh? tried subbing black beans for beef yet? I have. It's, it's good. good. Okay. You like it better? Yeah, yeah. Better okay. than that paste, you know? Mm, just thinking about
2: I, it. I mean, <laughs> beans that come out of a caulking gun are still just so enticing yeah. to me. I don't know what I it is. think
1: it's that like um, when we were kids and became vegetarian. Uh, I, don't, I don't know when you yeah, right. stopped eating meat. When did you stop eating meat? Nineteen ninety three. Oh shit. Okay. So you know, there was like not a lot of options for fast food at Taco Bell, like you Very could just few. get the bean paste on anything and, and eat at a normal restaurant. You're like, ooh.
2: Yeah man. <laughs> many times I, I I think me and Alex from Gaslight are the ones who created the Roy Rogers salad from the fixing. Oh, bar. I know all about that Roy Rogers salad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> at
2: those Turdpike stops. Just, yeah. There's so much so,
1: COVID in that Roy Rogers salad right now. Yeah. Oh my God. You don't want to go it's there. It's just like everybody do. who is just like, you know what? I know people are dying, but I don't think this virus is real. Or just all that Roy Rogers fix it bar, like, oh, I've all done. over. I've got some tomatoes.
2: Slopping all over. A bu- like, that, that's what I'm talking about. Does a buffet ever even come back after oh, this? Oh, I don't know. Some. Simple pleasures might go away. That's what I am saying. R. Sizzler.
1: You know what the move would be. <laughs> uh, I think you just like your server. Uh, you like look. You say I want this stuff, and they just bring it to you, and that's the fucking deal for a while. Will they do that? Yeah. Maybe not.
2: Maybe not. So I was talking about how you know, obviously, sports got taken away from me, but in a strange way, I've actually kind of enjoyed the break. Like it's it's given like a mental space for me that I haven't had in a long time. And, uh, I was wondering for you, what's like, uh, a creature comfort that you may miss the most. And what's a creature comfort that you were like surprised you don't miss.
1: Um, I don't know, man, like, uh, a lot. So the, the cartoon that I composed music for Craig of the Creek, um, hasn't slowed yes. down. So I, I'm right. thankful okay. I'm still working uh, so my like schedule in that sense hasn't really changed. Um,
0: that's cool.
1: Uh, I, I, uh, so, so I haven't like gotten a, gotten that like break from a thing in the same way. Okay. Uh, I missed right, right, basketball right. because basketball was the thing that I, cause usually like I kind of, you know, get into crazy brain mode to write for a while, and then when I'm done, I like have those wind down things. I really do miss basketball. Um, yeah, because it was just nice. Uh, I also moved to the West Coast, and uh, so uh, basketball is right. different over here. Uh, like it doesn't happen late at night. Um, and I just yeah, found the right. thing on League Pass where you could turn the scores off, so you could just watch the games as if you didn't know. Ooh. Like the day before this happened. <laughs> Yeah,
2: because you are watching Knicks games at four o'clock. I'm watching fucking Knicks games.
1: <laughs> uh, I miss being able. Uh, part of moving out here was being able to see my family uh, and being able to see right, my right, niece right. and my sister more often, and I can't see her very often anymore. Uh, we right. like we can that hang nice. out on her porch, but we can't just like go over and hang in the house for a while. Uh, I miss that. Does your
2: sister live real close? Yeah, like, like walking like, distance? No, like
1: ten minute drive, five minute drive. Super awesome. You could That's walk, great. but not now. Jesus, have you heard what's going on out there? The virus.
0: <laughs> uh, LA I has that. always been under uh, social distancing protocol for me. What's that feels. feels feels? LA has always felt like it's been under uh, social distancing protocols. Yeah, it it,
1: <laughs> it 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 is. It's uh, it is in a lot of ways. Um, I'm not really. I I try to not. To, I'm trying to not fall into that, and it's making it really easy to fall into just kind of uh, a bit of a, a what's the word I'm looking for? Cliche is the wrong word, but like a softer word than cliche, like la <laughs> la lifestyle. Creation. Like, you know, I am in my house, perhaps? and I and I don't really leave my house to go do stuff. Right. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I miss just I miss seeing friends. that I don't really would count that as a creature comfort because uh, I still like, I don't know, my creature comforts are like fucking playing video games and yes. uh drinking coffee and drinking beer. And I still do all those things. Like I still smoke weed and drink and drink coffee and play video games and like, you know, that hasn't really changed. But being able to see people, I'm going to, I miss that. And I guess honestly, even if we weren't playing for people, I'm, I, like I don't know. I was gonna start like a super drag cover band with two friends. Uh, like right as this started, I am like, "Man, I'm not gonna be able to like play music with friends. That sucks." Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Strange. I don't Very strange. Yeah. Did I answer your
2: question? Uh, yeah. Well, you didn't. You didn't have something that you missed. So yeah, you answered it. Um. So I had an argument with my brother about James Dolan, where uh-huh. you know. So, if anybody doesn't know who this is, because as we've dealt with before, uh, going off track is not always a uh, basketball-savvy audience. Sure. Um, James Dolan is the owner of the New York Knicks, also the Rangers, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, And, you know, a generally... known to be a pretty awful owner, and the Knicks have never come close to winning with him as the owner. And a lot of Knicks fans have a deep vitriol for James Dolan. My my brother hit me up when James Dolan tested positive for Corona. I didn't know that. Yeah, saying, you know, well, at least there's kind of one good thing to come out of (laughs) this. And I was like, hey, slow your roll. You don't want to put that thing out into the universe that, you know, this is another human still like, you don't want that kind of juju these days. And he's like, listen, hippie, hippie boy. (laughs) I corrected him and told him to call me hippie man. uh, And said that, you know, he's like, he's like,
1: nah, the world would be better without this. I'm day. with them. I'm I, with your brother. So you're with, I'm with your brother. When okay. I found out Boris, when I found out Boris Johnson was at the ICU, I was like, "Fucking yes!" Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you have no interest in feeding the
2: universe the, the certain types of things because it has no bearing on anything, really.
1: That, what, I I don't think that'll get back to me. I think it's a net positive for the world. Like I I I, I think I'm feeding the universe something positive. <laughs> Which is that uh, assholes who prey on people get
0: fucked. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's, I'm into that well, so I'm, sometimes. That's sometimes. my vibe,
0: man.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, good. Well, Charles Oakley's coming back then, if yes. that's the case. Oh. So I, I'm sorry about your fantasy team. I mean... Yeah. I'm sorry I, about it,
1: too. I don't know how to I, convince someone you guys who, to give me the trophy.
2: I mean, I fought and clawed in that league so yeah. hard. I... I literally had more ad drops than the second highest person by double, I believe, because of how hard I was trying to hang on. Because of how good those
1: pickups you got were.
2: But I took a tough loss to Mike Park right at the end. He put me out of my misery. And then about a week later, the season ended. So I had the reverse of you. I got to discard... You know, I, I'm embarrassed when I don't make the playoffs in a league with a bunch of punk rockers. You know, Ooh. I'm supposed to be, you know, that guy. Eh? I'm like a sports nerd. You know, so I, I got beat. And but this year, as you mentioned, you and Christine won two. Yeah, in the rankings. Just, just hey, now, had great... we had
1: just both gotten over Philip, and I think Christine might have been one. What was your Phillip. great
2: team name? OG. What was o- your great OG team name? OG Wan Kenobi. <laughs> So good. So I'm sorry about your fantasy uh, team. And I do you. truly think that you had a chance to go I ahead. Hadn't You've never had won your-
1: man. If fucking, if all my players were healthy at the finish line, it would it like, I was like outscoring other teams by 200, 300 points when everybody was and- healthy. And you've never won your own league. No, right? I almost won. No. I, I should have won one year. I had Kevin Durant and James Harden and like my top 5 were just all stars but they didn't bring it that week. Yeah. Like the last I'm sorry, week. But. It's fine. I mean, You'll get it's uh, one day. uh I I'd like to say it's not really at the top of my mind these days, but I am a, a, a fickle person and it is. Yeah.
2: I don't really believe... I truly
1: don't believe that's not at the top of your yeah, mind. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think about it plenty.
2: <laughs> so I've been trying to like, you know, I've been telling, like, I basically can get through this situation, you know, being nice to my family and feeling good about myself and semi-positive, maybe about, I'd say 70% of the time, loosely. Yeah. So I think it's pretty good number so far. Mm-hmm. But um, like, in your estimation, like day to day, are you using anything to tell yourself to like convince yourself to have hope and be the best you can and keep working? Like, is there something you're using or telling yourself to kind of, to stay in a, a mindset? Like, No.
1: That? And it's hard. If I'm just being honest with you, there's not anything yeah. that I'm telling myself. Uh, I, yeah, that. You know, if, and if you're out there and you are feeling hope about things, that's cool. You're right. I'm wrong. Like straight up. Uh, but I mean, like I, I, it's, and I feel, I feel really grateful for a lot of things. Uh, but that doesn't, that hasn't translated to not kind of getting lost in the bleakness of all this. Uh, and it makes it difficult, uh, to it makes it difficult to write. It makes me not happy about the stuff that I come up with when I'm writing and that just start And then everything kind of starts spiraling. Um, so right. I don't know, but I also, I, I have hope that I'll, I'll find my way out of this and then just kind of, you know, uh, I think some of the hope that I, 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 I don't know, man, it's weird. I want to have hope that the world will respect people or that America will respect, uh, it's working class after this, but I don't think so. Like I'm yeah, I'm bracing I mean, myself I'm, I'm bracing myself for the fucking terrible stories about how the first responders will will potentially be treated by our healthcare system after this. Because uh, we did yeah. see that after September eleventh as and sure. there's no indication that this is going to be better. Um no. and that just like kills me. So unfortunately no. Uh I but okay. I try to but it's always at the same time, it is always nice to talk to friends and joke around and not really think about it as much. Um, maybe a, maybe a silver lining or whatever the fuck, or just a, a piece of cosmic goodness to it is that we are all experiencing this together. Uh, that mm-hmm. everybody is having their own reaction to it. There, everybody's processing it in the way that they are individually, but we are all we're all doing, we're all going through this together. Um, so even, you know, I, I know that if I do feel bad and if I talk to anybody about it, they're not going to be like, you fucking freak. Why are you feeling bad? We're going to be good. Yeah, Stores right. open and yeah. beaches open on Easter, you know? Yeah, you're good. Uh, like, uh, we're all, you know, this is, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to say the dark, the darkest thing, but, uh, it's It's pretty dark. Well, I, I, I'm about to go further, but I'm I'm bringing it back. Uh, I don't know. I think that this is going to eventually, once I figure it out, I think, uh, and I'll get to be forced to figure it out, like to how to be okay with these times and everything. And I think those will be useful skills to deal with more tragedies in the future.
2: Sure. Well, I mean, first off, Jen, there's a couple things I got to tell you. As your friend, I got to tell you a couple things. A, be easy on yourself and give yourself a little credit right off the bat. I'm trying. Christine's been yelling at me about that too. Just the simple fact that you're like getting up every day, continuing your work, continuing your life, still managing to to reflect on things and be able to talk about it and talk to your friends. It means you're actually in a way better position than a lot of people. Um, I, I, and you're actually, and you're, and you're not sure. as, as far as like your privilege or anything, as far as like, you're doing good. You know I'm I trying even to, you, I'm not, I mean? I even stopped.
1: I didn't work today to be honest with you. And I, I don't know. I talk to friends when they call me, but I'm not reaching out to anybody.
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've been and you know, I've been hearing these tips a lot for homeschooling little kids and things like yeah. that, where people are like, Listen, if it's a bad day and no one's into it, let it go. Cause it doesn't matter that much and the most important thing is for the experience to remain positive in your house. You yeah. Know? That's um, true. And and the other thing is like you're you're not right or wrong for having hope in any sense. Like and at any time, you're correct in being morbidly depressed. And you're correct in having hope because they're both super real right now. You know, like it's not like you're being fantastical at all. But I think, you know, it's helpful to maybe just like trim it back day to day and really just like, just like literally look at your own life, look at yourself and find three or four things that you can control. Three or four things that are just still totally within your power because everything you're talking about is wildly out of your control you yes. know a capitalistic country treating its working class fairly you've made your your point known to the world as much as you could as many times as you could yeah. more than most people and there's only so much you can do I don't feel you know, the, blame the tipping point that and that the scale is is not on you I know and and your job right now is to Help your own life. Help your wife. Keep your job going well. Be supportive to your friends. Yeah. And let the fucking crazy world play out like it's gonna. Because the fuck
1: are you gonna? Do, I mean, you know? I'm. Wor- I worry that I that being distracted by all this is causing me to do my uh, job less good. And I don't know. Like I, I like. Uh, I think like a lot of uh, artists and musicians or people who are just generally creative. I think when I found out. That I was going to be stuck inside for a long time. Uh, right. I was like, okay, I'm fucking do this project. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And I think right now I'm reeling with the reality that I am not getting all that done. I asked Craig to give me episodes early because I was like, fuck it. I just want to work on stuff. Um, yeah, right, right, right. And I didn't really give myself the time. I, I I didn't like, I read something somewhere where like, if you're, if you feel shitty about being uh, creative, about not being creative during this time or doing or being distracted at work, like remind yourself, even if you're working at home, it's a moment of crisis. You're working through a yes. crisis and it's okay yes. to like, you know, do not good for a little bit. Um, and sure. I'm, you know, I'm trying, I'm just, I'm trying to respect that philosophy I'm trying to respect you when you tell me, uh, when you tell me that I should be easier on myself. Although it's very hard to respect you, Benny. Uh, and, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, and, and, and listen, like Chris, I've done everything I, my, I can do to lose respect. <laughs> if my wife is saying that to me, it's like, okay, yeah. You know, I think, <laughs> I think, it w- I think it would do good to just kind of not be so hard on myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I don't know. that is what it is. That's just how it have been, man. <laughs> well, Jeff, I love you. I love you. you too, Benny. And Brad, can't wait to love see you, again. you. I'm dropping the L word. <laughs> yeah.
2: Love you when too. When are we Brad. doing
0: this? Thank you, Jeff.
2: I
1: don't give a shit.
2: Next time I see you, I am tonguing your face. Um, I Ooh. hope you do give a shit <laughs> and that, that you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> even, even <laughs> oh, it is a brave new world. Jeff won't accept
1: my love. Oh, oh, accept love. It is falling tongue, apart. Tongue is my falling face. Apart. <laughs> Wash your tongue. <laughs> Listerine your tongue. Let me ask you something. This is a real question. I just watched Old School.
0: It's the Frank the if, Tank
1: part. If like I soak my tongue in Listerine, for thirty yeah. seconds. Can yeah. I lick whoever I want? Uh, and I don't close my mouth world- since.
0: As long as you don't salivate in between.
1: Yeah, so it's just yeah, tongue did, out the did, whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did the <laughs> did the WHO release protocol on this
1: yet? I haven't looked. Uh, Googled, <laughs> look, if you're listening, Google WHO tonguing and see. Check it out. See what they All say. Because right. I like when this comes out, you know the information will have changed at that point. Hundred yeah. percent.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just found out about fizzing within this house. Oh my god! So god knows. I, I was like, system, so. I,
1: I laughed when I heard that. Like, I've never laughed in my entire <laughs> life. And I don't, I don't, I don't really know why, because it's a terrifying thought that your body is going <laughs> to feel like it's having an electric shock. It's like, hey, uh, I know you haven't heard a scary symptom in a while, but check this shit out. Yeah, take this new one out. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy. Yeah. See ya, thenews. Yeah. Follow us.
2: <laughs> All right, Jeff, we got to go. All right, thanks
1: for talking to me, Benny.
2: Ooh. Hey, Brad, are you are you fizzing yet? Uh I think I might be. Did that wonderful <laughs> interview give you a a fizz in your body? I I'm wondering about that. I mean, maybe we shouldn't kid about it. If you actually are fizzing, it's probably not that cool.
0: Keep an eye on your temperature if you're fizzing. I I don't know.
2: I don't know <laughs> what to do. But that was that was fun, man. I love talking to Jeff. Oh my god, he, he's
0: he's yeah. He's part of this. He's part of our history here.
2: <laughs> I'm glad I got to try to give him a little bit of a a pep talk. Yeah. I don't know. I hope it worked. <laughs> I, I, you know, I can't even convince myself of this stuff half the time. Well, so, that's you know. the best
0: way to do it—is convince somebody else, buddy.
2: Right. Just talk your way through it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Talk your way through Just it. Convince, that's
0: it. Convince, convince your
2: friends, and maybe you'll believe yourself. You know what's funny too is I, I've, you know, spoke to a few people in the last three or four days. You know, songwriters and people who are involved in the live streaming and the Instagram, and they're all asking me the same question, which is like. How much should we be doing this? What's too much? Yeah. What's not enough like and I'm like're you asking the wrong fucking guy. <laughs> no one wants to hear me go on i g live right now and you know rock my my fucking paradiddles at, at one thirty b p m which is all the music I've been doing but uh yeah I, it it is like a brave new world and and I wonder where it's gonna talk. I was in a separate text with somebody last night where I'm wondering if they're going to take this sports model, you know, where they're filling, uh, you know, taking empty stadiums and stuff and basically putting only the team, only some staff and umpires playing in front of empty crowds and then airing it on TV. And it's got to be a matter of time before, you know, Live Nation, who somebody like that who can probably afford fucking 100 COVID-19 tests, you know, organizes like a private venue with staff, with uh, you know, they test the band, they test the crew, they do this, and actually stage a live show, right? Streaming live with happen. a full band—that yeah, right. I think is probably the next step because you know there's going to be a shelf life to the IG live stuff and that. But it's it's a it's a brave new world. I don't I don't really know what to what to tell people to do, you know?
0: No, and hopefully, hopefully we'll you know. We won't have to deal with it for too long. Yeah, we'll see. There's, there's one
2: thing I know. Okay, tell me, is that neither you or I can do all that much about it? That's all I know. So it's not we can do.
0: So I'm saying, man, and then and, and as parents, we both know that like we're not going to be bored. I no, could, I could use a little boredom right now. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Even I am getting a little. The Paw Patrol game is getting a little. You know, I've been Rocky and Sky for for a couple of weeks now. I'm in character. I'm running out of situations for them. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You've got you've got a few a few less situations probably than I yeah. do. But uh, no,
2: nah, it's good we'll though, man. It it's all good. We'll all get through this. Just got to keep keep our head on right. Make sure we don't fall prey to all the bullshit people are going to try to feed us, you know?
0: Exactly. That's the most important thing. But,
2: uh, so, Jeff, obviously, sadly, not much going on, like (laughs) everyone. Couple Instagram things. He's Jeff Rosenstock on Twitter, Jeff Rosenstock on Instagram and Facebook. He scored his own name for all those somehow. Mm. But, check him out. He's obviously super busy. still doing the music for Craig and the Creek. He's, uh, Got a little doll of James Dolan that he sticks needles into every night to try to, <laughs> to, try to save the Knicks. I'm pretty sure that's what's going on too. Uh, That'll work. But yeah, that was fun, and I guess everyone keep your eyes open. We're gonna have a lot more of these in the next in the in the near future.
0: Yeah, it looks like this may be the way. Once we, I mean, if we can settle into this and it feels like it's working, then yeah, maybe we'll. Relaunch the Patreon account, and um, we do have some bonus stuff we could toss out, and uh, we got a couple more of these specifically COVID episodes. But then we'll try to settle into like a regular sort of off-track vibe if we can do it remotely. Um, For sure. I wanted to thank. So we do have the Venmo though. Like a few people have really enjoyed that we're we're trying to keep these going. Um, we've got a Venmo account at Off Track. Um, I want to thank Barton and Banta and uh, John Terry. They both kicked in thanked us thanked you guys because we 're uh we do have a few costs to do this and it 's nice to have them covered so um,
2: yeah it 's awesome it 's also it 's also just nice to know that people are into it and uh yeah. motivating it 's motivating I for baby, and I. I'm like there 's yeah? no way
0: we can like there 's no way we can give up now with these people like even if there 's only a few of you that really care. You know how it is, man. All it takes is a couple super fans to keep you going, right?
2: Listen, it doesn't take much to keep me going. It takes (laughs) just some semblance that I'm doing something not useless with my days (laughs) is good enough for me. So the idea that that people do it, it's great, man. I fucking, I love that people are listening. If anyone's got any ideas about stuff we should do, how to present it, content, guests, like I'm all up for it, man. Hit us up. But, but yeah, thanks to all them for hitting the Venmo. Definitely appreciate it. At least you and I don't have to cover the basic costs out of pocket and, you know,
0: yeah, see nice. where it
2: goes from here. Thanks. And if anyone else likes it, you know, I don't know, hit us up more. Yeah, I, I, you can still
0: go to iTunes and leave us reviews. Those are, you know, those are currency, too, man. We realize that not everybody... Can afford to kick in for uh, their little podcast right now, but but that's helpful, you know. And follow us on yeah. uh, Twitter and Instagram. Going off track, and um, yeah.
2: Oh, enough of our awful self promotion. <laughs> oh, and also, oh, speaking of
0: which, at the end
2: of the last episode, I made a Willie Loman reference oh, that yeah. I said the that Tony- I said. Someone texted me, tweeted me almost immediately after the episode, meaning they listened to the end. Right. And uh, a, a man named Craig Lutz okay. said, I'm not totally brushed up, but he quoted Death of a Salesman. You know what's funny about that, too? The Willy Loman character in my head is embedded as Brian Dennehy, because oh. I saw Brian Dennehy play Willy Loman on Broadway.
0: Really? Yeah, sure did. You know sure that I had, um, I had lunch with that guy in the 80s? What? dennehy yeah Yeah, i went to i was really good friends with his daughter went to college with his daughter you don't have to tell me that story i'm a dennehy fan and he was all dennehy dude trust me
2: well thanks everyone for coming keep an eye out for episodes of some awesome people next week or two and uh yeah be good out there yeah stay safe